You know what I think is oh. funny is that you look like you're in HD. You look amazing. And I'm over here <laughs> in this grainy ass, sad podcasting <laughs> closet. The light is terrible. I don't know why. <laughs> It's because I'm on my laptop and the camera is not woefully, it, it's not good. I'm in, uh, I've been getting a lot of compliments on my levels of high definition. I finally, nearly two years into working from home during the pandemic, decided that maybe I needed an external monitor. Uh, yeah. And I got myself it. a camera and the camera is a good one, it turns out. Yeah. Nice. If you have me full screen, it's just too much head for anyone to be dealing with. That's, that's the sad thing. So hello, people who are listening, if anyone is listening. We're doing this recording because I read a piece that Vardy wrote uh, and messaged her on Twitter in June and we're super duper efficient and it's now November (laughs) and we're having a chat about it. So yay us. Hello. (laughs) Hello world. Yeah. So it's about burnout, the piece. It's on Medium where you've done a lot of writing over the years. Has it been picked up by other things or was it for someone, this piece? No, it was just for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it did get picked up by some medium publication and yeah, shared on push. Twitter and stuff. But yeah, it's interesting. It was interesting how many people responded to it with, I've been feeling this way too. And I was like, oh, I wish all of you would write about it too because it, <laughs> I, I, I mean, it would make me feel less alone. <laughs> <laughs> it's the story of quite a long period. Yeah. You joined Dev... At some point in 2019, 2020? Early 2020. Actually, right, right before, a month and a half before the pandemic hit. So it's right, like, okay. And it was interesting, too, because I was joining a fully remote company after being somebody who was like, I got to be in offices. I got to be in an office. And then I was like, I want to try something remote and different. And lo and behold, I got six weeks of a teaser trailer before everybody in the world was also doing it. Doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, but I joined that company in January of 2020, and the piece kind of outlines, like, where I was emotionally and mentally and professionally when I joined, why I joined, and the evolution of my role there, and things that caused me to reevaluate my relationship with work, with myself, do some self-reflection, be my own therapist in a way, and what led me to leave and take what I think is the most significant thing, which is like an extended period of time off. I ended up taking four months off in 2021 this year before starting a new gig a couple months ago. So I think that's probably the interesting thing is how do you get to the point where you feel like that's what you need to do? Yeah. So how did you get to that point? I think lots of us have had, certainly I've had periods where I was, I felt like I was on the edge of burnout. I don't ever have felt that I needed to stop work completely but i've certainly burned myself out on particular jobs so what broadly speaking for people who haven't read this thing obviously we'll link to it but what do you think what the primary drivers that was the most interesting thing to me when i read it was um you actually attribute a lot of the drivers to things that you're doing almost to yourself like dev is not a bad company it should be said whilst we're here (laughs) They, they you know several of friends mutual friends of ours work there they're good folks i think it has less to do with the company too like that's what I was trying to get out of the piece. And I actually never even named the company in it because I didn't want that to be the focus of it. I wanted to focus on put myself, put me or put you, the reader, in this position at any other company, at any other point. Mm. What do you do in that situation? And I think that's like the universal truths that I'm trying to pull out of the experience. Um, 
And to answer your question earlier, like, how did I get to that point? Part of it was the situation. Part of it was Mm. the – obviously part of it is going to be, like, the situation at the company and the way that it was growing and changing and demands in the marketplace that put put a group of people in the position where they feel like they have to make something work. But also Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it is why did I feel the need to put in 150%? which is 50% more than I was even capable of giving. And there's questions around whether anybody should be giving 100% anyway, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I think that's the more interesting bit to me is like, why did I allow myself to do that? And not only that, why did I sometimes push myself to be the person to give more than I mm. was able to give? And why wasn't I able to see that? And what did I learn that I can apply going forward that will make me better equipped at seeing the warning signs at drawing those lines in the sand at creating boundaries when it comes to my relationship with my employer or with any kind of job, really. Yeah, it's interesting. Like the, the, Probably the main time when I felt close to needing a long lie down for multiple weeks at a time was when I had twins. Mm. Um, so I moved back to the UK eight something, eight years ago, nearly nine years ago with a very pregnant spouse. Mm. And we had twins and the 18 months when they were very little was brutal and that's one of the things that you do notice certainly i've noticed in my friends and other people i work with is when you have kids you're actually better at saying no to work like i remember Mm. when i was younger and i very much was i can do this i can do more stuff i can do this i can do more stuff to be fair i did also put on my first conference when my twins were a year old so not that's wild how did you do that oh my god so basic stupidity is how i did that it's well, so, I think that's one of the things. Like, it, it's about not really knowing when to say no for your own good. There's, that's that's one thing that I'm I notice about myself is don't say no. Yeah. Well, so I, I want to dig into that when you were talking about when you were younger and you were in that same position yeah. of yeah, I can do this, I can do that, I can do one more thing. Yeah, add it to my plate, no problem. What if you can put yourself back in that time in your life? Mm-hmm. What made you feel like you needed to? Like, was it that? There was an unsaid expectation. Was it that you were like, you, d- you didn't want to believe that you had a limit of what you could give? Or were you trying to prove something? Or were you like, yeah, if I do this, I'll get this promotion? What, if you can remember, like, what was that? Because I think that's the interesting bit. Like, that's like the, in, the thing that's like hard to describe. But I think there's something there that I want to Yeah. Know. So I have, I was good at school. I didn't struggle with school at all. I quite liked, I've discussed this with my spouse actually, we were both quite good at school in retrospect. We both quite like getting patted on the head. Mm. Gold stars are nice. And I think you certainly, you can get into adulthood and still be expecting somebody to give you a gold star and tell you things are great, which is always why it's so nice when someone does, when yeah. someone comes up to after, the, after the conference and says, oh, that's, that was amazing. Thank you. That's like those beers I have after the conference when everyone's being nice to me are the best beers of the year. And yeah, I think <laughs> on some level, I'm still searching for that. You're searching for approval but there's no one to give approval to you. And also you get older and tired. Even in your 20s, you are you have less energy than when you were a you know young teenager or whatever it was, right? when, when you just feel like you can run. I think, yeah, that, that, I would say that you're looking for approval from some version of your imagined parent, if I'm to get super therapy mm. about it. That's yeah. where I think it is. And I think everyone, it's certainly you, that was what really spoke to me about the piece was the, you put a lot of the, you know, inverted commas, blame on your own drive. And obviously yeah. you're also a person who likes a, a time-sucking side project. 
Yeah. That's how I that's how I came to know you with your like fifty two articles a year <laughs> in a year. Like you're hardly someone who backs off doing a little bit of extra work. Yeah, it's interesting. I I also look, I'm a I'm the child of immigrants. I'm an immigrant myself. I'm a person who has had to work very hard to be taken seriously. So when you get that approval, it obviously feels good. I like I feel like it's important to say that. Like I also in, I'm in that same boat. It's interesting because you said nobody's there to give you approval. And part of it, I think, is also if you keep waiting for other people's approval, too, there's always going to be some, the bar is always going to go a little higher. There's always more you can yeah. do. And who is going to be like, don't, yeah, don't write that draft or don't implement that feature. Don't do this thing that's going to make us money or whatever. Mm. No one's going to like say very intentionally, take care of yourself. If it means that it's like good for the company or good for the team or sometimes you don't even reveal how much energy or time you put into it. And they're just like, oh, awesome. Thanks for doing this. And you're like, well, this is outside of the scope of my job. This is actually someone else's job entirely. Why am I doing three jobs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I feel no, exactly. like it's, there isn't going to be anybody to give you approval, but also like why do we seek approval from other people? And I think mm. that's probably like a larger thing in tech too where – I don't know. You could get into a whole conversation about like tech Twitter and expectations. And hustle and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, right? the whole hustle culture. Oh, my God. But yeah, do I, you I do think, think that's uh... – do you think that's a trans there's – there's, I think there is a difference between mm. the US and the UK in this. Like Europeans in, more in general. Like how many weeks of holiday do you have in your contract? Yeah. Well, got, probably have way more than we do. I got six. Mm. Five or six is pretty standard in Europe. Yeah. And it's what, half that. Yeah. I mean, also, this... our lady folk are allowed to take time off to have babies, which uh, apparently you're not really allowed to do in the US either, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are very close to getting some concept of paid leave this year, and then whoop. that would be amazing, wouldn't it? <laughs> that did, that's not happening. <laughs> but there's definitely. But then it's equally, it's like you in somewhat internalize that, right? Yeah. There's a kind of sense of, I should be doing this because other people are, and it's a misplaced. And that's, yeah, that's when you get into the hustle culture, do your side projects. How do you get hired? Oh, you show them your GitHub of all the open source that you're doing, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Like, that, where is that coming from? I don't know. But I feel the need to do stuff. Like, even that's the joke of the podcast, right, is that I bothered you on Twitter to do a thing on top of your job to talk <laughs> about burnout. So nice work, Kroll. Though I think that this is a topic that more of us should be talking about, which is why I really enjoy chatting about it i think not just imagine we weren't even recording this and we were just chatting as friends like yeah i have had so many good conversations that weren't recorded from with friends in the industry who are just like i honestly got to that point last year too and i think for a mm. lot of people it came to a head in the pandemic but i think part of it is like that need for approval or a misplaced direction of the bar keeps getting higher so let me just keep trying to jump a little higher and not realizing mm. that everybody has their limit or not necessarily questioning why who's setting that bar and like why does it keep moving and why do i keep <laughs> trying to jump to it and i don't know i think a lot of it is too is like internalized concepts around what work is and how much mm. it's tied to our identity who are we outside of work i think a lot of people i've talked to in our field are starting to have that conversation or starting to think about that because it's like life is so much more than yes what we do at work and at least in the u.s if you looked at the amount of time we have off or hustle culture or the way people interact with their career and the way they talk about their career 
It's like the first question that comes up in parties or conversations is like, hi, I'm so Where do you work? It's no, <laughs> you're beyond that. There's like mm. things that extend beyond that. And I think people are maybe starting to have that conversation. So all of that to say, I'm really glad we're talking about it. I wish more people talked about it. Because I think if we started talking about it more, then maybe we could start to untie some of the knots from like hustle culture, from this workaholic thing that happens not just in tech, but just generally in our very capitalistic society. There's also there's a, there's a sense you, you arrived and then because the company was undergoing quite a lot of growth, like you rapidly, your roles changed and changed until you were doing more, potentially more than you had intended to do when you yeah. started. Is that sort of like that, that scope creep of your own job, right? Yeah, um, and I was game for it. I was like, yeah, I can be a manager. Yeah, and I can write code. And yeah, I can like lead all these product things. Like I can learn about it. And yeah, I can still, I can do this. And yeah, I can completely overhaul that. And I think part of it is probably like me being like, yes, if I say yes to all these things, like I can hit that bar and prove that I can do it. Look, I'll sh I can show you that you should take me seriously and actually put me in the position to enact change. But also on the flip side, it's probably, I don't want to say no. <laughs> which they're two different things right of like yeah, yeah i can do it but also i can't say no and i think you need to know why you're saying yes to things and really think about why and then also be okay saying no to things and it's probably a combination of I don't fully feel comfortable saying no but also yeah i want to prove i can do it and i, I kind of talk about this in the piece too i very much had a chip on my shoulder about proving myself and being able to show that i could meet wherever the bar was and if mm. i could just go a little bit further I could be taken seriously or like I could be promoted or I could be put in a position where I could actually do the leadership work I wanted to do or whatever. Mm. And I'm in retrospect, I'm like, dang, that was all me. Yeah, the bar kept changing, but I kept on saying, yeah, you got to just jump to it. You got to do that for whatever internal reasons I had. So I think that's yeah. it, it also is your story about the gold stars and feeling like you need that. I think it's interesting because I think we all if we reflect on it. We all have our own version of that, of why we do the things yeah. we do. But most of us don't take the time to to ask ourselves, like, but why did I do that? And so I took a lot of time off to figure that out. <laughs> I needed four months, apparently, to figure that out. I, I walked about in the countryside. It was all good. For me, it's, it's a slightly different situation. So I am running a small team. And there are things that I do to make sure that I don't burn myself out and stuff. Mm. Because like I am what? a bit... so. I deliberately keep it small. Like we don't hire. We hired two people last year. We went on a hiring spree, two whole people <laughs> and one person left. So the team is, the product team is five people, including me. And the whole company is nine. That's a good number. I just like it's, small teams like that. Those yeah, it's, it's a nice, and I think part of that is like me and Gary, the founder of the company, we're both aware that we could grow the business faster we could do more. There is the infinite to-do list of stuff that we want to do for the product and the other product that we run. Like there's all sorts of stuff we could do and we know that bits of it aren't as good as they could be. But we're also aware that we don't have to go anywhere. So we have time. And like it's constantly we're reminding each other that it's okay. Mm. Like, because growing it and then it would completely change my job as well. Like I still yeah. get time to code now, which is one of the things that I like doing. I like thinking yeah. about the puzzle box problems and stuff like that. And I've got time to do a conference on the side, probably. We'll see. It's been two years. 
<laughs> fall, fallen off the bike somewhat. So yeah, that's one of the things that I do. But yeah, it's, uh, for me, it's always the infinite to-do list. Like all yeah. I can see is the opportunities of, oh, that would be good if that was in the world, both inside the job and outside the job. It's, that's the reason I ran the conference was there wasn't one in the UK. Yeah. And I'd run one in Singapore because there wasn't one in Singapore. I was like, <laughs> okay, I'll do one here. Like, and, I, and I deliberately do the simplest version of the conference I know how to do. Like I do one day, I don't do multiple tracks. I try and keep it small, I keep it profitable so it's not stressful. It's like all of these things are designed so I can put this new thing in the world but not stress myself out about it. See, I'm aware of it, but also I feel the pang of, oh, but I could just, you know, I don't do much open source. Mm. And I could. But then having the kids also means that they are a constant demand on your time and attention. Mixture of frustration, but I'm also aware they're helping. It's, it's like going to the gym. You should go. <laughs> and when you go, it's better for you generally yeah. you may not enjoy it at the time driving my kids around to various different sporting events on the weekend in lots of different locations is not the most fun weekend in the world but it does stop me doing stuff that would burn me out yeah so what are your so what are the boundaries that you set because it sounds like you do have the thought you have that pain mm -hmm. you have that moment and you have these images of what could be but you don't always act on them or if you act on them you act on them in a sustainable way you're like i'm gonna keep this like a small controlled thing or i'm gonna only do this much like i'm only gonna hire this person or we're only gonna work on these things yeah. what are the what are your lines in the sand what are the how do you create those boundaries to, to and and do those boundaries like help you not feel that pang or do you still feel that pang and you're just like i still feel the pang jeez yeah. <laughs> Life is one, it's a series of unfulfilled opportunities that I, I never made the England football team either. But yeah, it's, it's getting to the end of the day and going, do you know what, actually today was all right. For me, it's really noticing that I feel all right at the end of the day. And I've, I've been quite good for the last three or four months. I've stopped drinking at home pretty mm -hmm. much. Yeah. Like once a week. I've tried to stop eating crap. Yeah. That's helped. Walking the dog every morning like just going out and doing it just like standard stuff i got into meditating a little bit but that hasn't stuck I've, I've got off the wagon of that a bit that does help as well like when i've been more stressed yeah. basically weird like so we had a major product launch this week oh congratulations I don't, I don't feel stressed about it it's literally two years in the making like a long one um yeah you I don't, don't look stressed, stressed at it. all you look so calm <laughs> i would not have known you launched a big thing that you've been working on for two years that's what i'm trying to get to because Knowing the to-do list is infinite means that I can never finish it. And that's, you have to, have to little, be a little bit zen about that. Like yeah. my bookshelf in, in my bedroom, I have literally five feet of books that I have bought, a mixture of everything. And I'm looking at the bookshelf and going, I hope I read all of these before I die. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a bleak way of doing it. But like, I read something, a friend of mine wrote something and she was just like, you get about a thousand books in your life i'm like oh my god <laughs> i should not have plowed through that one that was not a good enough book for me to waste one of my books on software's like that right like mm. it could always be better it could always be faster and your company that you're part of is the same it could always be better but it's for me it's just really prioritizing is super important and that's yeah. both in a work context worky product context as well as a life context like i'm just trying to picture myself and the amount of work i have to do to get to that thing yeah 
Yeah, like people think don't... I'm super productive, but I don't feel super productive. Clearly, probably a sign that I could burn myself out. That's <laughs> yeah. if I really tried. Imagine yeah. how much stuff I could put in the world, right? Yeah, like clearly you are, but that feeling of well, you could always be doing more. So how good mm. is this really? I think that's it's dangerous, yeah. but I think we all have it. It's the same thing as just like when you're late in the night coding because you've got this problem and you're just, oh, I need to fix this thing and it's not working and you spend two hours on it and you're bashing your head against there and you go to bed and you wake up and you fix it in 10 minutes. It's that thing, but for life and for your whole job. And it sounds like you prioritize, you said I prioritize things, but you prioritize things that are not work. And I think that you give them credence and weight, which make means that you do them, right? Whether that's like walking yeah. your dog or spending time with your kids or yeah. just going and eating something and like just eating it, not like being on your phone, checking Slack or checking yeah, emails, yeah. like being present. We oh yeah, you can burn Slack to, to the ground. You burn Slack to the ground. That <laughs> thing is a... Yeah, I haven't installed uh, work Slack or work email on my phone since I started my new job. I installed yeah. it actually, that's not entirely true. I installed it for three days when I was at RubyConf because I had no other way of contacting my coworkers who were there. And I was like, right. we're going to do this. And then I uninstalled it. And man, life is so much better without Slack and work email. Yeah. Yeah. You can also manage your notifications. It's quite funny. Mm -hmm. So my, my father-in-law, his phone is constantly pinging. And it's with the news. And the news is still going to be there. <laughs> you don't have to. You know, the, the BBC don't need to tell you that our prime minister's done something silly. Like, yeah. you'll find out. <laughs> you don't need ping. Ping. What's he done or, now? <laughs> yeah, what's he done now? But he, he doesn't need to hear about the latest news for his football club like that moment. Yeah. And it's just, I pretty much turn off all my notifications on my phone. Like Just stuff that we all know we should do, but you just have to catch yourself because it's yeah. so easy to just go, like you said, I just installed your email. The fact that you uninstalled it afterwards is, that's the big step. And like right. from a company perspective, it's we try and inculcate that into other people. Mm -hmm. Like... And that comes from, so Gary has been four days a week for a few years since his. That sounds and that awesome. Was, we're all four days a week. Oh my God. We need to talk. That's, we got to talk more about how you pulled that off and how do you get more companies to do that? That's four days a week. That's pretty good. so good. I'm yeah, I went to watch, a, I went to watch a silly Marvel film on Wednesday and it was fun. I went to the <laughs> cinema on my own in the middle of the day and there's nothing that's, that says not burning out than going to the pictures in the middle of the day, I reckon. Yeah. 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 And it's that and it's encouraging people to step away from their computer like, and just constantly being on it because we all do it. Like I need reminding. Mm -hmm. If you are if you're good at your job and you're doing the sort of work that we do, right, like your brain is unpicking problems and thinking about new ways to do stuff and all that stuff. You're going to be working anyway. Like you're working in the shower, whether you realize it or not. You don't have to be at your laptop. Like, you can go for a walk and mm -hmm. have a think. Like often Gary and I will go for a walk. Like We'll take the dogs for a walk and have a chat about what's going on at work going for lunch we go for lunch a lot at work. that's one of our <laughs> so, so it's like our infrastructure budget is up here and our lunch budget is hopefully not too far behind that's where we want to be but that's a good way to do work that's where you get energy from other people right and, yeah. and i'm i do like to go into an office so i found the pandemic quite difficult yeah. we're remote ready we were never in the office all the time before so we were fairly well set up to go remote, but I've missed human. I, I miss other primates. I'm a primate who likes to see other primates in the flesh in 3D. <laughs> and as you said, you, know, you can see me in high definition now. It's just like you've I'm really there. invested in the 3D part. <laughs> You're about to pop out of the screen. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of nice. It's, it's a subtle diss. I like it. Um, so, 
One of the other things that you wrote about, which is when you talk about burning out on this job, is that you burned yourself out on the company. And I thought that was quite an interesting mm. realisation. Yeah. There was no way that you could have gone, you realised there's no way you could go back. Yeah. Yeah, because I wasn't at a place, I think, where, so I, I don't know, and I'd definitely love to hear your experience where when you were in the worst phase of burnout. But for me, I became a really negative person, which mm -hmm. for people who know me, whether you've met me once or listened to any of the other stuff I've made, I'm not a negative person. Like I'm generally po positive, optimistic about the world, trying to like... Chirpy, you know, I would say. Yeah. Somewhere below bubbly. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Goodness. Yeah. Bubbly people. <laughs> but it's not me to be, you know, super negative and pessimistic and just like having a dreadful outlook on things. Mm. And when I got to like the worst phase of burnout, even when I raised a flag and I was like, hey, I can't do this. And at some point, I think I just was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. Someone else mm. should probably do it, but I'm not going to do it. And I like extracted myself out of two of the three roles that I was inhabiting. And I was like, I'm going back to just being on the engineering team and mm -hmm. I'll manage whoever I'm managing. Even pulling myself out of the situation that was causing me to burn out, the damage that it had done on my psyche, was it, it was irreversible. Like I couldn't continue to be there and feel positive or optimistic or like things were going to turn around. And I think that's like... That was one of the ramifications that I didn't realize was going to happen. I thought, mm. oh, it'll be a quick fix. I'll just stop working as much or I won't be responsible for these things and I won't feel the pressure to try to deliver in these other domains that I cannot do as a person working even 50 hours a week, 60 hours mm. a week, like just not feasible. Even trying to fix it myself and trying to convince other people that this was going to be a positive thing, like I tried it for a month and I was just like, man, like I'm not the person I was and I don't know how do I be here and do justice to my role as an employee or as a manager, much mm. less, and continue to be here when clearly I'm not happy. And it was just, it changed, it kind of changed my brain chemistry, mm. not just with that company, but like with companies in general. And Right. That was actually a good thing, I think. I don't know. The, the chirpy version of me that was like, I'll just keep meeting your bar. It's good. She was not going to last that long in this industry anyway. <laughs> but it's unfortunate that that meant that I had to leave the company because I was just like, I can't be a good employee here. I can't be a good manager. And like, I don't want to be here anymore. And I tried to take myself out of the situations, but hmm. clearly the situation wasn't the only problem. And do you find that in your new job, you were more able to be chirpy? Not probably. <laughs> I, th I think I'm back more towards the version that I was, but I, I am cautiously optimistic, I think, now. Right. I'm not okay. I'm, I'm like okay being like, you know what? I don't think we're going to hit this deadline, just so you know. So we should be realistic. Let's not try to crunch ourselves. Let's just push it a month. These deadlines yeah. are arbitrary. Or just being like, I worked a 10-hour day yesterday because I was really having fun debugging this, so I'm going to sign off mm -hmm. early. And like – yeah holding myself to that standard. And I, I had a really good conversation when I first joined. One of the benefits of writing about burnout publicly is that your new manager can read 
can read about your experience with burnout publicly. And I had a really good conversation where I talked about what boundaries I wanted to set, what my expectations were, how many days off at a minimum I was going to take, like what I think led to my previous burnout and how I was Mm -hmm. going to actively work to not do it. And I think that was a really good way to start the job because it was like, look, I've been here. My goal is do not go back there and let's figure out together how do we not do that. And I think my new role is like definitely more suited and it's a cultural thing, but also the nature of the job where I didn't pick something that I think I was going to be, where I was going to be responsible for other people, where I was going to be taking on too much more because I don't think that would have been a wise decision after what I just went through. And that's another thing, right? There is a looking after people element to Mm, this. Yeah. There's, if, if you're good as a manager, right, you actually care about the people who work for you. They're not your family, but you do care about their lives. You want them to be happy and fulfilled. And that can be a lot of pressure for somebody who also just, oh, yeah, I can take on another person in my team. Yeah, yeah I can take on another person in my team. Yeah. And I can still want to, you know, execute on the tasks that I'm doing. So that's another area that, you know, it's very easy to burn yourself out on other people. And yeah. the expectations of the people above you, you know, you're trying to please whoever's in, in charge of you as much as anyone can ever be in charge of me. But you're looking around going, I want to make all of these people happier by my presence and the things that I'm doing for them. And so almost retreating back into a more, you pay me, I do a thing for you, here is the thing, it is good, kind of <laughs> transactional <laughs> thing. <laughs> Is good, right? Yeah. Like, went, went a tiny bit bore out there, which is not, not ideal. But yeah, that kind of like, that much more, where the boundaries are almost given to you yeah. by the employment situation that you find yourself in. And that's, that's an important thing as well to realize. Yeah. And I, I don't think I realized it until you just spell it out like that. But that was a smart thing to go somewhere where the boundaries are well-defined, where you can be like, you know what? You struggle with boundaries. Why don't you try to stay within these? <laughs> try this for a year. <laughs> Here's a box. Sit in this box. Cool. Cool. Cheers. I I needed to put myself a little bit in a box and be like, just try to stay in here. <laughs> Keep it I'm under look control. Look outside the box. Stop. Stop climbing out of the box. Back back in the back in the box. Yeah. It turns out, like since I've been in my mid thirties to now early forties and had children, which is when the time crush pressure really kicked in. I've mostly been in companies that are staying the same size or shrinking. So that Mm. has been a benefit to me. And I'm somewhat in control of growing the number of people in the company that I'm in right now. Mm -hmm. So that hasn't happened to me where the environment has changed in a way that has expanded and suddenly you're holding lots of things. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's been a benefit to me. So it's purely been physical exhaustion, I think, for me. What does that look like? Are you just just never feel like you get asleep, like you're exhausted all the time? Or, Yeah. Yeah. It's the thing where you're constantly, how are you tired is the first thing that you can think of saying. And then you can't really get much past that as far as sentences go. And that was a period of time with small children, two of them. So that has got easier, much easier. So one thing I did really smart was I was working at a company and I got a job off from from another company. It was Mm -hmm. like a 20% pay rise. And so I took that job offer back to my current manager and said, I basically have to take this Mm. unless we can do something. And what we came to was, we'll pay you the same, but you work four days a week. Mm. There you go. (laughs) A massive advocate of working four days a week. And that was one of the reasons that I, when I left that job, I was going to freelance because I was Mm -hmm. like, I can control the amount I work. If I charge on a day rate, 
I know I can work four days and have a day off. And so that's how I came into this job is doing contracting. And then I worked up from doing one or two days a week and then three and then four. And then after only 18 months, they decided that they wanted to offer me a job. So yeah. And then the four day week, we rolled out to everyone. Which is great. That's such a great side effect. It really is the right thing to do. Like I just fundamentally don't feel like we'd be moving any faster if we were working five days. Yeah. Yeah, because um, is anybody giving full eight hours? Can you give a full eight hours five days a week? Like a lot of the work we do too, it's just like very mentally draining. And the thing where developers are like two meetings, I have 30 yeah. minutes in between them. What am I going to do? You think I'm going to try to write code in the, or like even an hour? Yeah. So it's just kind of, let's just do it well instead of trying to count minutes and hours. I hate that mentality, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, I, I think that plus the encouraging people to do the right thing for themselves, whatever that is for yeah. someone, it's riding, going out and riding on the bike for someone, it's going for a run for someone. It's I am just knackered today, so I'm going to work a half day and then I might catch the hours up at some point. But no one's checking. Yeah, it's Having... like treating people in. We're doing like we are not down a mine. We are not <laughs> making widgets in a factory. <laughs> we're doing fairly my hands are very beautiful because they've never done a hard day's work in their lives right it's not hard physical labor yeah where there is obviously a time limit but there's obviously a time limit in our head somewhere and it's different for different yeah. people but i do feel like a four-day week and it's different for different people so i always take my day on wednesday so i break my week into two days two lots of two and other people like a long weekend mm. Everyone seems to like the extra day. So generally people do... are in agreement about that part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> having an extra day to not work is better than having an extra day to work. So it's definitely a big thing for us. Do you um, find that extra day has helped with that? When you think back to the physical exhaustion of burnout, do you think you've really felt that again since then? Do you think that extra day helps you keep that at bay? <laughs> it's more my mental state, actually. It mm-hmm. gives me time and permission to do things that feel like little luxuries that's how i always factor in for me it's the going to the pictures in the day on my own or playing a video game for three hours just because i can because i'm a 42 year old man who (laughs) wants to pretend he's 13 right that stuff feels really healthy to me it doesn't look very healthy as i slump on a couch and fire up the playstation but that is for me a thing that i can do or take a dog for a longer walk or go for a run or whatever it is right yeah that helps with that but it's all it's as much the stuff in the days as well everyone who works at our our gaff has got permission to go and go to the gym i think the period now where people are still mostly working from home but their children have gone back to school gives everyone sort of tacit permission to if you're not in loads of meetings to just go and do some exercise Mm. or get out of the house and it's so easy not to yeah really is but yeah that's that's what i do to try and stave it off anyway yeah it's interesting because i think what you're doing is you're prioritizing it and making space for it and i feel like if you don't do that you might be fine for i don't know a year maybe you might be able to get away with it but i feel like eventually you have to pay the piper and it catches up with you because i don't think our brains or bodies are meant to just keep going at this same no. rate. And for me, I burnt out over the course of four months and I took four months off. And it's if I just, whatever happened, it's all good. Yeah. But if you think about if I had been more balanced, did I really, I probably wouldn't have needed to take four months off to recover from four months of working. I probably just yeah. didn't prioritize the things that I should have. And I had to take that time to be like, you know what? 
this is the other part that makes me human. And look, this is very much fundamental to me existing. And I can't not do them. If I don't do it, my body will make me, will put me in the position where I feel like that's all I can do. And so it's like wise to figure out how to build it in. It's honestly like the four-day work week seems like there's an argument for it to be more sustainable. Like it's the most sustainable thing you can do to keep people around, to keep people healthy, happy, and to keep the business sustainable, right? Because you don't lo- – hopefully yeah. you're not losing people. People want to stay. You're not having to hire. You have less turnover, higher retention. And, like, you're actually able to do the work and you're not going through these periods of, like, crunch time, recovery. Yeah. Crunch time, recovery. It's just like a predictable, healthy pace. Yeah, it's like make your life more boring <laughs> and therefore make it more sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> Boring's underrated. Boring's good. You know. I like boring. <laughs> I was telling my, my partner about, oh, it's so nice to see like conference friends and going to RubyConf. And I've met, I've seen people again and again, but I only see them at conferences. And that, like, that's when they catch up. We all catch up. And he was like, but can't you just talk outside of conferences? And I was like, oh, this is mind blowing. Shut your we? mouth. Shut your dirty <laughs> mouth. 